You're listening to The Big Show with George Russick. There's a, there's a big, all meaty want. buffet, extra meat. Mm. I mean, it is pretty meaty. Mm. And Matty Rose. Oh, I want that in my mouth. And then you hold them and you're like, oh, they're so squishy. It's like a bow bun. Mm. Just a um, little snack. On Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Hour number two. It's The Big Show. Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Stay warm out there. It's still chilly. It's still very brisk and fresh this morning in the beautiful city of Calgary. Um, at the top of the next hour, Charles Davis, NFL on CBS, breakdown super wildcard weekend. we got two games today, which is super exciting, so you should definitely work from home. And uh, Flames alum, Stanley Cup champion, Colin Patterson will join us at 8.30. That's super exciting. He was on the dad's, granddad's, like mentors, brothers trip. Homies and mentors? Yeah. But in studio right now, he slithered his way in <laughs> on a chilly Calgary morning. Uh, Big Show Flames analyst, the Chronolist, the Cobra, Mr. Brent Cron, brought to you by All Kind Door Services Limited, your one-stop shop when it comes to fixing doors at your building, your office, or your home. Anything that slides, swings, or rolls, call All Kind Door Services for all your door repair needs. Slithering into work this morning. Yes. Uh, I was at the intersection of John Laurie and 14th Street, and I saw a gentleman to my right at a red light on his way to Flavortown. He oh. was, uh, he had a heater going, mm-hmm. and his window was open about a quarter of the way, and he had a hoodie on, and he wasn't looking at anybody, and the car was in a tad bit of disrepair, and he didn't give to you-know-whats. And right. I looked over at him. I just wanted to give, look, lean over and just roll down my window, yeah. just give him the... Give him, like, the Don Cherry yeah, thumbs up. Yeah, yeah dap you know? him up. Yeah, And yeah. he probably would have flipped me the bird and yeah. peeled right out of there, right? It took him a little while to get going. It was a slippery intersection. You know, there's 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 a few pleasures in life that, uh, you know, everyone loves to indulge in. Yeah. You know, a good massage, a good cold beer. Yeah. Is there anything better than getting into a car of a smoker? Oh, I know. <laughs> I thought you were going to say going for a dart yeah. minus 35. Like, man, like, and but, the yeah. car just reeks of smoke. And every square inch of that car is just yellow and tar. And you're like, how do you drive this thing? It's the most disgusting. Have you ever had a rent-a-car? And if it just takes one person to have one cigarette, that smell is just burned into that car <laughs> forever. Yep. Oh, when yeah. I when I was a child, young man, we'd go. I, one of my best buddies, he lived just outside of town, and his his old man had a lot of land. He was a farmer, worked hard, worked his bag off, um, and he had this Ford farm truck with cloth seats, and we'd, he'd drive us to hockey every once in a while during the winter and whatever, <laughs> and just. You know, and it was a vehicle that didn't have a crew cab on it. It had like those little Did swing the bucket doors. seats yeah, and stuff. The, yeah, right in the back it was tight. Yeah, and I couldn't roll down a window back no, there. No, no. And he would just light up a dart on whatever town <laughs> we were going to play in the cloth seats, yeah. and the smoke would just get into my eyes. Oh yeah. And I would sit there and be like, Oh my god, this is this is awful. Brent, you didn't play too well. Yeah. I couldn't catch my breath. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I smoked. I smoked nine six packs. darts on the way. Here. Exactly, because it all came out of the cloth seats in the back. Yeah. My brother used to detail cars. And do you know how you could always tell that someone smoked with the window down? Oh. It's because when you went to clean it, there would be a fine film of smoke right up <laughs> between the edge of the window where it meet your windshield, where it meets the top of your car. Mm-hmm. There's a little film that will start to gather in there if you smoke with the window in. And nice. it just builds up. And it gets nice and thick and sticky. <laughs> and he'd have to just scrub that out of the top of windows. And that's how you knew. While smoking. Yeah, my, well, he also would smoke darts in people's <laughs> cars relentlessly. My yeah, favorite obviously. when you see like a, an older couple 
and the, the husband's smoking a heater, and the windows are up, and she is just <laughs> rotting front seat. She is yeah. just, yeah. she's having a smoke, too. Yeah, that's right. Doesn't Cause, matter. Because that thing is uh, yeah. sealed up. You guys remember secondhand smoking PSAs? Oh, yeah. yeah. Back in the day? Oh, yeah. For sure. It's not a problem anymore, though. We don't have to worry about okay. it. Okay. Um, I remember going to bars when I was really mm-hmm. young, right? When you used to have smoking. Yes. Nothing beats when you have that good, you're just covered in smoke when you get home. And, and then, then, like you know, you should shower, you know, wash your, but you didn't because you were half in the, you're in the, you're in the bag. So right. you, the only thing you want to do is eat your McDonald's and pass out. Mm-hmm. So then you wake up and your whole pillow smells like darts the yeah. next day. Or what? somebody asks you, did you go last night? Like no, no. And your and your your gear just <laughs> smells like smoke, right? You're like where, of course, of course. Where did where did you end up then? Yeah. Right? What did what were you doing? I just picked up smoking. It's yeah. something I really wanted I, yeah. to do. Yeah, you know, it's um, awful. Um, we got lots to discuss about the Calgary Flames, but first, um. If there's one person on this show in this city that we turn to for NFL, uh, <laughs> to break down an NFL Insight? game. Yeah, yeah. It, it would be you. Yes, uh, you actually watched a football game this weekend. A full game, too. Like, you, from start to finish? From start to finish. Okay. Yeah. Um, it was the Cowboys-Packers game. Okay. Uh, I ran into a few buddies, the, you know, last week. Die hard. Cowboys fans. Mm-hmm. Some of them have season tickets in Dallas, even no though they live in Calgary. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was wearing his Dallas Cowboys sweater. He had bought a new one for the game. It was crisp. <laughs> you know, uh, my uh, daughter's boyfriend's a giant Cowboys game. I played in Dallas a tad. I've been to AT and it's a beautiful setup. Okay. You know, there's a lot of uh, um, allure to that. Football mm-hmm. franchise. America's Jerry team. World. Yeah, right? Very much, you know, kind of like the Toronto Maple Leafs, right? Nobody wants to hear about that, but you love seeing teams like that lose. Right. You know, and, and I have zero investment in uh, in the game of football. Mm-hmm. I don't. I enjoy it, but I got buddies that love it, and therefore, the only way I'm really getting myself into it is if I'm cheering against them. Yeah, right? 100%. Aside from the Buffalo Bills, because I will be watching that game, and I got buddies that are the Bills fans, and I'm like, actually, this... I that, like this th- that's your team. Right. Okay, well, sure. Kind of, sort of. For now. And just a subtle little, hey, you know, because they know I'm not watching the game. Or at least they assume I'm not watching yeah. the game. I'm <laughs> like, hey, what's the score in the game? And they will give me an honest answer because they're like, there's no way this guy, he's not ribbing me. He's not right. paying attention. <laughs> and they were getting smoked to the point where I'm like, you know, even with my daughter, I'm like, don't give your, your boyfriend a hard time, you know, because like this is actually people... You know, you can throw a few subtle digs out, but don't... Yeah. Uh, be careful. Be careful. They take it very seriously. They were awful. Yeah. They were terrible. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Jordan, is it Love? Is it oh, his yeah. first name, Jordan? Yep. Jordan yeah. Love. Our boy. Patty's boy. Boom. Well, look at you. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I didn't even see you in your Packers <laughs> hey, garb. Fraud, you, you, would, you would make a great witness in court. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're so talking. astute to your surroundings right now. <laughs> you didn't realize our producer's completely decked out in Packers gear. How would you describe? He's got glasses and headphones on and smiling. He's got a tattoo on his right hand. Yeah. What was he wearing? I have no idea. I, I couldn't tell you. Right. Right. Yeah. right. Packers gear. That's an yeah. accurate it's like, Packers it's gear. It's like Lionel Hutz and the tie with that boot. Yeah. In fact, I was not wearing a tie yeah. at all. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. But it was so much fun to watch that game. And then I actually even got a bit nervous towards the end because it's like Green Bay knew they had the game on, but it's garbage time, garbage and you're like, time. and you're just like, wow, this is getting actually somewhat close, but yeah. not really, no. you know. And when you look at the score, and you didn't watch the game, 
you'd have to explain it to somebody. That game was over before the half. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was done. Yeah. Second, yeah. the pick six. Yes. Curtains. Oh, Curtains, oh, baby. Like, did, did you enjoy more of, uh, you know, just, just, just reveling in the misery of your friends or watching adult men, like, crying in the stands in Dallas? Adult men crying in the stands. <laughs> that, to me, I don't care. I know you love your team. Yeah. But... There's got to be something more to live for than than, than than watching the Cowboys get, you know, they didn't get kicked in the jibs. They laid down and just opened it up for just a wind-up. Like, they didn't even show up. Right. Right? And then it's always nice to have them pan to Jerry Jones, and he's just sitting there. He's got a piece of paper in his hand, and he just lightly taps the table, and he's like, Heck. Oh, darn it. Con, yep. sarn it. Right? <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. And then you got McCarthy over there, who used to coach, if I'm not mistaken. The Packers won yeah. the Super Bowl. Well yeah, done. and uh, and he's just you're looking at him, and he's just he's he's uh, he's befuddled. Yep, <laughs> if that's even a word, he was. Yeah. Oh yeah, nailed it. Uh, the hamster wheel was going a million miles, and <laughs> he had no trailer. answers. Nailed it. <laughs> Who was uh, the quarterback uh, for the Packers when Mike McCarthy won the Super Bowl? That'd be Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, or, or, or Brett Favre. No, you got, you got it right the first time. Okay. Yeah. I got a buddy who also who's a diehard. Most Manitobans are the Packers or Vikings fans, I think, for the most part. Yeah, mm -hmm. my dad's a Vikings fan, and I'm a Packer fan. Yeah, exactly, right? Yeah. So my uncles <laughs> go down to go watch two Vikings games a year, and then my others, well, we'll go down to Wisconsin and be a cheesehead. And like, yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm passing on that uh, that trip. But uh, <laughs> I love your uh, your analysis. Yeah. We should maybe get uh, next week, divisional round, the best round of uh, the playoffs. Yes. We should get maybe your thoughts on some of these games. We should, because I also have one of my really good friends who's a diehard 49ers fan. Oh, and wow. And if, if the 40, sorry, the 49ers play in the Packers, is that yes, how that's yeah. work? Saturday night. You are on fire right now. Look at this. You know what? <laughs> and I called my game. I said, you know what? The Packers are going to blow them out just to be spiteful to my friends. Sure. They're just going to blow them out. And turns out they did. Well, and now you're like, I can do this. No, I, I, I can do now. NFL yeah, what do you need? analysis. There's a game this afternoon. Yeah. Two, yeah. I said the Steelers were going to beat the Bills. Oh boy! I know, and that's a bad call. Don't get me wrong, but now I called my shot. It's gonna be horrible. It's gonna go horrible for me. Ten point underdogs, yeah. Steelers. I'm gonna put like ten k down today. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, there you go, ten large. <laughs> uh, you go throw ten racks on that. Yeah, no yeah. problem. Dead sheets. Put a brick. <laughs> yeah. You're gonna throw a brick throw down. Throw a brick down. Throw yeah. a brick down on yeah. that. I, I got a guy. Yeah, I got a guy. Just you gonna should. Go, gonna go to throw him. a brick down. Yeah, on that. Uh, Bills and Steelers. <laughs> uh, real quick, when you watch Mike Tomlin, you know Dude, Mike Tomlin, the, the head coach coach of the yeah. Steelers, has never had a losing season. That's crazy. Yeah. That's, Never. That's insane. Yep. I like his post-game interviews, too. When they show him, he's pretty... Yep, I like him. He's pretty direct. I got a lot of time for him, even... Yeah. Next time you watch one of those, try and count how many times he blinks. Oh, yeah? Very few. <laughs> one hand. <laughs> oh, yeah. This, this could be it, too. There's talk he's going to reevaluate his future, depending on how today goes. Well, how many so. years has he been the Steelers head coach? Like, 2008. So, what, they've had, like, five coaches in their, their tenure? Yeah, they've cool. had three yeah. since, like, Chuck... They had Chuck, yeah, Chuck Knox, Knoll. Chuck Knoll, sorry. Chuck Knoll, Bill, uh, Cowher. Bill Cower, and... Yeah. Yeah. Mike Tomlin. And you've never yeah. seen Bill Cowher and Sergeant Slaughter in the same room at the same <laughs> oh, time. You've never seen <laughs> yeah, those guys in the same room at the same time. Exactly, right? They definitely have that yep. pronounced chin. <laughs> um, you broke that chin? That is, yeah. uh, that is the Cobra, our big show Flames analyst, Mr. Brent Cron. Um, Flames is a big 3-1 win on uh, Saturday night in Vegas against the Golden Knights. Wanted to ask something that I really noticed during the game. Like, I can't wait to ask Cron this on Monday morning. The boards where Jacob Marstrom was having <laughs> yeah. troubles with yeah. the boards yeah. in the first and third period, like that one spot. 
Is that something that, as a goaltender, were you very cognizant of that, yeah, they're very lively in this part of the rink? And Markstrom even looked at it, and he knew that that part of the rink where those boards are, the puck kind of flies out. Is that something that a lot of goaltenders are aware of? Coaching staff, players, too. It's every barn you're in. You watch the coaches or players before pregame skates, too, and they'll just start firing. They'll start rimming pucks around. They'll start firing straight on. And one of my first, especially when you still have those old barns, like the old Detroit, you know, the, the Joe Lewis, the Joe, yeah. right? You know, where the boards were kind of square in the corner there, and you, it was like a set play where you'd shoot it off the back end and it would come firing back out, right? Um, junior, we lost an overtime to the uh, to the Kootenai Ice because they dumped it in They're from all the way. Up. It was a set play. It was all the way down from one end of the ice. They fired the puck, and it bounced. Like, it was a perfect shot right back out in front of that for the guy to come in on a breakaway, right? Um, happens all the time. You didn't stop him on a breakaway? No. Nah. You know, re- rebound. I got oh, okay. the first one. Right. No, right. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I, I gave the old horse side of my D-Mac. cost me the game. It cost yeah. us the game, man. What are I you doing? Saw the goalie do that uh, <laughs> yesterday for the uh, tries to the Americans. Oh, did that yeah. to one of his boys. That is a horrible, horrible thing to do. You know, you, you, sometimes you, reactionary, you kind of get caught doing that as a goalie. I remember I, I, um, it was in practice, and there was a player that came in, and he just, I was having a bad practice. Mm. And I was having I don't a bit believe of a, that. I know. You know, it's very rare for me to have a bad day. This is early on, though. I was trying to figure okay. my life out, right? All right. And, uh, and I just, I, I snapped, I snapped through my stick. I was like, ah, and I was looking at the guy and my coach, Dean Clark, pulled me aside and tore me a new one and said like, what? And basically what it came down to is what is your job? My job is to stop the puck. Mm. Pucks will hit you in the head. Mm-hmm. You know, understandably, if it's the same guy over and over, it's not, this guy doesn't have the talent to be hitting you in the head all the time. <laughs> He's right? not doing it on purpose. I get it. He's struggling out here too. Smarten up, mm. Right. Yeah. Anyway, stuff like that. But back to the boards, 100%. Guys, rim pucks. And then you see the the, the board guy during the game. They made light of it on the show or on air where you're just kind of rubbing something off on the boards or he took a yeah. little cloth yeah. in the <laughs> section where Mark should have pointed. Let yeah. me just uh, yeah. let me get that. It's bro. done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nailed it. Yeah, exactly. Right. But happens all the time. And goalies are aware of it, especially a, a puck player like Markstrom, too. He would be aware of it before the game. And when you get into it, it's just reactionary to go out and play the puck. And not like he got caught. But there was a few. There was two dicey, dicey times where he was in a bit of trouble there. That building's only been around for six years. Yeah. Would you still consider those boards new and lively? I don't know. I think everything's kind of built the same. Yeah. You know, everything's the same now. It's cookie cutter. It's like, oh, we got more on outside. It looks different inside. There's a speck, and everything is like every building is the, for the most part, the same. Mm-hmm. Right. You get to the, some of those southern buildings, the ice gets pretty, pretty crappy later in the game because the humidity and the heat. But other than that, the boards, everything, it's. All the same, pretty uh, much, yeah. When they build a new barn here, they should have lively boards. They should make sure oh, they're lively. It's crazy. Like, even guys, when we skate with the alumni, there's a handful of them that, you know, try these old little bank shots from the, the 19, you know, 90s where they're just coming in and snapping them off the corner and it's coming out. <laughs> Paul Cruz is known for this during games. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. And, yeah, old Hans Cruz as he's coming in. It's uh, tricky. You know, those... Just buries it into the corner and yeah. all of a sudden it's in it your crease. Right You're like, back what? out. Like, what's going <laughs> what on here? What is this? Yeah. Um, flames. <laughs> uh we talked about it. Um, traveled nine thousand five hundred and ninety nine kilometers oh. on this just murderous uh, road trip, where they took ten out of a possible fourteen points, which was absolutely full marks to the Calgary Flames. How nice is it that they're not getting down early in games here, and actually the team that scores first or maybe gets that other second goal instead of what we were talking about in in November and October? Oh, this team always fights his way back, number one in the NHL and comeback wins. Isn't it just nicer when they come out to a strong start and just ride Jacob Markstrom's great play to a victory? 100%. That's what we talked about, too. It would be nice to see this team play with a lead and be able to keep it because 
know, you're chasing the game. You have a target. You're chasing it nonstop. You can look at the scoreboard, realize you're down, and then just get to work. Sometimes teams just need to, or players need to be woken up a bit, and that's never a recipe for success. It's not a, a championship mentality. And then, like you said, you get out to a lead. You keep it. And, you know, those sloppy second periods for the for the flames slow there. down on that run <laughs> and and they they, <laughs> they they settle they they rely on markstrom so much that phoenix game even though they were arizona yeah oh right sorry i'm ever. old yeah Doesn't but matter. <laughs> but they got off to a 4-1 lead hey. will they be phoenix next year who knows who jordan knows love isn't going. a rookie okay <laughs> he's uh they get off to a 4-1 lead you mm. know in that second period markstrom had to make a couple big saves Early to just not let them get close. And this game obviously was a lot closer. Yeah. Um, and he was able, you know, Vegas hits the post. Uh, and that just kind of goes to show you, too. They're hitting a few, quite a few posts on Markstrom because they're good shots and he's in the right spot and there's not much else. It's either the post or the shoulder. And we've talked about this for now for the last, I don't know, since Christmas, essentially, how how calm and comfortable he is in the net. Yeah. How patient he is, right? He's They rely on him in the second period. And then that, that uh, Backlund goal, you know, Beauty. the old... Uh, you know, the old drag. The partial Forsberg yeah. back against the grain. And, and as a goalie, too, I mean, Logan Thompson's the other hand, right? Yeah. So there's, so he slips it on the blocker, and his, and you can see his stick get tangled up in backland skates, too. So he's it's pulling his body. It's not goalie interference, but he can't reach back and get it. And it was a, it was a dandy. It was an absolute dandy. Uh, the Huberto goal on the breakaway or the backland one with the man on his back? Which was nicer? I still think the Huberto goal is nice. Yeah, he got that yeah. thing right under the bar. And hey. where he put it, too. Yeah. Right? And In then, between the crossbar and the back bar yeah. is a sweet spot to hit <laughs> oh, net. Oh, man. Um, but you know what I noticed the most in that game was Pospisil. Mm. He was running around. He, he had was, like 11 minutes, too. It yes. was one of his lower ice times recently. I know. But every time he was on the ice, he was doing something. Right? And then, and then he grabbed Grab the visor. I didn't know that that's a penalty. Mark Stone knew. Mark Stone knew in visor. a second. Is that like, yeah, I get it. Face but, like, mask. But it, I don't know. It's like, oh, I thought you... Mark Stone should have got a rough for <laughs> you know, starting the whole you know, darn and, thing. And, and, and Mark Stone loved that guy. I'm sure his teammates have told him, like, you might want to start, you know, worrying about a different t- style of haircut, you know, <laughs> when you got the bucket off. Yeah. You know, that's, uh, it, it's kind of fading away there. He's a good old Manitoba boy. <laughs> he, but he's, uh, you know, we, we had a couple guys on our team when I played where they had the skull at the old Ally Afraidy. Oh, no, no, nothing beat that island that Ally Afraidy <laughs> had on the top oh, of no. his head. But we played with a guy that was losing it all on top, but he just let it go. So when he had the bucket on, it looked like he had flowing locks. But yep. he'd take it off, and he would get beat up, or his helmet would come off, and like, oh, Ooh, oh whoa, whoa, that could be the worst look yet. You can see all the bumps and goose eggs on his head. It's, uh, you know, I mean, Stone's not much of a fighter. He's greasy. He's mm. gritty. I'll give him that. But that bucket pops off, and uh, that that hairline is definitely running away from his face. Uh, this is a take I'll take to my grave. Um, Mark Stone has the most punchable face in the NHL right now. Absolutely. I don't think it's even particularly close. <laughs> no. It looks like it's just taken a few already. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you just want to hit him right in the suck you know, hole. And he knows it. Yeah. He knows it. Oh, yeah. But he's such an incredible player. He's so annoying to play against. Oh. He does such an incredible job of stripping pucks, yeah. tipping pucks, get in the way. The guy's such a great player. And can I ask you guys this question? What happened to him having his career limited? Remember they won the cup? Oh, he gave everything he had. He's not yeah. going to play as much. What happened to that? The guy plays every night. Yeah, what but... happened to that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were like pretending he was Shea Weber 2.0. <laughs> oh, Shea Weber hasn't played a game. He never will again after that cup run by the Habs. Like, Mark Stone was supposed to be the same thing. Guy plays every night. And it's probably, Mark Stone's probably a guy you probably don't tell somebody that you can't do anything anymore, you know? 
even if yep. he was he just has that type of mentality sure. where it's like and that's hey, man, probably where he got to he's like hey you know what uh we don't think you're gonna make it you're not gonna cut it blah 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 and you just that guy just continues to go out there and do more than just cut it um did you hear scott oak talking about byron phrase being from winkler oh Manitoba? yeah i got a few messages and yeah. uh, a ton of <laughs> you them, got you tweeted know? about oh, that i did yeah, yeah and you, and you had to phrase. you had to set someone straight yeah i did i just set him straight a, 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 a kind person on Twitter said I'd paved the way. Um, Rain Newfelt paved the way. He was an old Hartford whaler. And oh, then, you know, remember all, that. all I wanted, you know, because I drive up the road 20 minutes north to Carmen, Manitoba to play against the Carmen Cougars. And there oh, was Ed Belfort. Eddie Belfort. There was a sign outside that said, the, Welcome to the home of Ed Belfort. Nice. And I'm like, I would look at my dad. I'm like, I want a sign like that. And he'd be like, Yeah, man, whatever you need. Sure, you're 12. <laughs> sure. Kill us. Just go out there and just win this hockey game. We'll yeah. worry about the sign we'll afterward, yeah. right? And uh, then I got drafted. And, you know, then uh, Dustin Penner's from the town, too. Two-time mm-hmm. Stanley Cup champ. Eric Ferris from mm-hmm. Winkler. One-time Stanley Cup champ with Pittsburgh. And you got Byron Fraze, who's been uh, who's, who's worked hard his whole career. He's got a cup of coffee up with the Flames for a while and getting an opportunity with Vegas Golden Knights, mm-hmm. right? So there's no... Brent Cron sign outside of Winkler, Manitoba. I'll tell you that. Not- Shout out to Heffy25 for the tweet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's still time. There's still time. There's still time. I could get it into the builder category, I believe. Yeah, now. as a broadcaster. Yeah. yeah. You can get into the broadcasting category. <laughs> um, straight ahead, Elliot Friedman had something very interesting to say about Jacob Marstrom on Saturday's headlines. We'll play the clip and we'll get your thoughts on it because you're our big show Flames analyst, Mr. Brent Cron, courtesy of All Kind Door Services. And at the top of the hour, um, you did get some hot NFL anal- uh, analysis from Brent Cron. We'll have Charles Davis on at uh, 8 o'clock to talk about You can, you can sit in on the interview if you want. <laughs> yeah, I got a few burning questions right now. For <laughs> yeah, no, you shouldn't ask him questions. You should just argue with his takes. <laughs> yeah, you should just be like, are you, what are you talking about? Are you about? sure? I'm wearing a cardigan right now. I don't think you can argue with me. Yeah. You You're settle right. down. You are wearing a cardigan. That. And if you were wearing glasses right yeah. now, I think you'd probably be on your way to like building a space shuttle. Don't make me pull out my pocket watch, because yeah. I will. And it's end true. this argument right now. Uh, that's the voice of Brent Cron, the Chronalist, uh, the Cobra, Big Show Flames Analyst, courtesy of All Kind Door Services. Uh, we'll play that clip that Elliot talked about on Saturday's headlines next. Big Show, Russell and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. It's the Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio at the top of the hour. Charles Davis, NFL on CBS 830. Colin Patterson. Uh, he won a Stanley Cup with the Flames in 89, if you didn't know. Oh, He's yeah. also on the Mentors, Dad's grandfather's brother's trip and to the Calgary Flames. Probably one of the best guys on the planet. And uh, that is the voice of the Chronalist, the Cobra, Big Show Flames analyst, Mr. Brent Cron, courtesy of our friends at All Kind Door Services. Um, Saturday Headlines is a, is a must-watch uh, from Elliot Friedman during the Hockey Night in Canada broadcast. And he had something very interesting to say, Croner, about uh, the guy who I don't think there's any question has been the best member of the Calgary Flames, Jacob Markstrom, all season. And he's a guy that has... Two years left on his deal at $6 million. Goaltending's been an issue in the NHL this season. A lot of teams don't even have a true number one, and a lot of them are just struggling to find a two to fill in some minutes, and the Flames have the luxury of having potentially three guys in their organization who could be a number one goaltender. Here's what Frege had to say about Jacob Markstrom on Saturday night. 
Number one, I don't believe they've gone to him with anything, any possibility of what could happen. Number two, he has a no-move clause. And as the birthday boy, Kelly Rudy always argues, no one with a no-move clause should be even asked if they can have it moved or be traded. And I, from what I understand, Calgary has a very high bar here in terms of they're not going to bother Markstrom with just anything. It would have to be something massive for them or somewhere they absolutely believe Markstrom would want to go before they would even consider going to him. So I think that's where things stand with Markstrom and the Flames. There you go. Your thoughts? Well, it's a very safe comment. I think you talk around town too, right? Like Markstrom's playing some of his best hockey of his career right now. And every time, you know, last season he, he goes into the tank a little bit, doesn't have a strong season, and everybody's, trade him, trade him, get rid of him, get rid of him, get rid of him, and everybody knows that he's, he could potentially be on the market. Now he's at peak performance, and, you know, if, if something comes across Craig Conroy's desk where it's like, wow, this is this is phenomenal. We right? got to do this. We got to do this. I mean, everybody's on the block. Even if you have a, a no-movement clause, I mean, yeah, that's great. You can veto whatever you want. You're, you're kind of in the driver's seat with that, but, you know, if, if – if it works for Markstrom and his family, and you know, I, I honestly, I think if you're, you're a competitive player, you want to win. I think Markstrom, he's he's thirty years old now too, right? Mm-hmm. He's got two more years left on his deal. Um, he's had a, he's had a good career in the National Hockey League, and I think at some point, you know, he wants to, to get there and win too. You see how competitive he is on the ice. He's 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 found a lot of success with this Flames organization minus last season, um, but I. Sorry, go ahead, George. No, no, well, I didn't want to cut you off, but I wanted to ask both of you this question. What is more important, the package that they potentially could get for Jacob Markstrom or him single-handedly dragging this team into the playoffs this year? I don't don't know if one is more important than the other to me. Like, I, I, I think that it's kind of one is going to happen, which one is it going to be? Because the Flames, I don't think that, like we just heard from Elliot, unless they're the offer is, you know, really good. And by really good, I would expect like a first round pick and a, a level prospect and, you know, maybe something to make the money work. Like what you would get for like an Elias Lindholm or something like that. I would set the bar very high because if you trade him, you can get a lot back. And if you don't fine, we'll, we'll keep him. He's one of the top goaltenders in the league. Maybe we'll get into the playoffs. It'd be great to have him around Dustin Wolf. Who cares? We'll keep him then. I don't think the Flames' hands are tied in this situation, and that's why I would absolutely jack the price all the way up. And if he sticks around, sure, we'll try and make the playoffs then. Who cares? I don't. If you don't want to pay the price, that's fine. And I'm going to watch your team explode in the playoffs because he can't stop a beach ball, and then call me July 1. Mm-hmm. Oh, agreed. I mean, without Markstrom, I mean, is this team a, a playoff team right now? Right? No. It's not. No. They, they right. get shelled in and, Vegas and, without him. And so... You he drags you into the playoffs. Who won the Stanley Cup last year? Was it was it not the Vegas Golden Knights? That, it was, was, yeah. th- that is true. That is correct. That they correct. won the Stanley Factually Cup last with, year. Correct. with strong goaltending, but the goal that could just go in there and make the saves. That's kind of the where it's trending. You saw Ottinger two years ago nearly will the the Dallas Stars pass the Calgary Flames in the first round or three years ago, whatever it was. Right, goalies can get hot in playoffs, and you need that. But at the end of the at the end of it all. It has to come down to the team too, because Markstrom can't can't score goals. And yes, we're in love with the way he's playing, and he's a great goal. And the and the Flames are having a ton of success with him being their backbone. And your goaltender needs to be the backbone of your team, and doesn't have to be the best player, but needs to make the saves at the right time, and sometimes needs to get run support and all that good stuff. But if there's a deal that comes across for Markstrom, I would take a long, hard look at it and sit there and say, you know what? What's the best for the Calgary Flames right now? Where are we? I mean, have an honest yep. look. 
honestly. Because we, we know that they they can't they can't let Elias Lindholm test free agency. They can't. No. Mm-hmm. They can't let that asset walk away. Well, mm-hmm. we've heard from Eric Francis last week. He doubled down on it on the broadcast on Thursday night. Is that the Flames are close potentially to re-signing Noah Hannafin, and we had the mm-hmm. conversation on Friday. I'm totally okay and on board. But if you trade Elias Lindholm, the way and if you get some young center back in return, who knows how you fill that hole on this roster. The way Jacob Markstrom is playing and the way the, the players the Flames have under contract here, I think they can drag their way For sure. into a playoff spot or at least be damn close to a playoff spot, even without Elias Lindholm on this team after the trade deadline. Because Tanev's also would be a massive, yep. massive loss for this team, and mm-hmm. there's no question. Even the dude blocks that shot, and immediately, like, the game was over, and yep. he still has to block the shot because he's Chris Tanev, and he doesn't yeah. know any other way. <laughs> yeah. Well, especially it's, when Mark yeah. trying to make saves without his glove. You're like, yeah. okay, right. well, I guess we're still playing to the end of the clock now. But, yeah. but the way that guy's playing and his save percentage since he made that blocker, the barehanded save that he went out, yeah. his save percentage is over 930 which is unheard of in today's NHL now because it is so difficult to be a goaltender. He has been fantastic for the Calgary Flames, and I believe he can single-handedly drag this team into the playoffs because that's something Matty and I have talked about. That's best-case scenario for the Flames. Trade your the players you need to trade because you have to have asset management, yep. something that they missed out on in the Johnny Goudreau thing, and we're not going to go down that road. But trading Elias Lindholm and somehow getting into the playoffs would be a absolute slam-dunk win-win for this organization. Well, and like you said, like, we discussed this too at length. The Flames are in the driver's seat with their goaltenders. Like, Wolf is still an American League deal. Mm-hmm. Bladar's got another year. Uh, Markstrom's got another two years. Right? Like, there's no rush. So you can wait for things to come to you a little bit. You can test, say, hey, what, what would you give me mm-hmm. for Markstrom? Well, what, what, what do you think the going? I'm not really interested in trading him, but blow my socks off. Hypothetically. Right? Yeah, right? You're not, you're not in any dire need that to address your goaltending situation that deal if there is one is going to come to you you're not searching that one out like you said the priority is making sure you don't lose Lindholm for nothing what you're going to get for Tanev if it kind of goes down that road that's your focus and anything else is just it's it's gravy at this point and you can sit there and think about it that's why like when I think about some of the top teams out east the ones that don't have a goalie your Carolinas your New Jersey's I'm like what are you doing what are you doing how are you supposed to compete with Shesterkin, Sorokin, Vasilevsky yeah, when Bobrovsky. you're throwing out the, the even Bobrovsky's back, when yeah. even you're throwing out Schmied and <laughs> the corpse of Freddie Anderson? <laughs> and like, check. what are we doing here? Yeah. Yeah. You got go get them. Yeah, empty the coffers. What are we talking about here? I know that lately we've seen teams win with goalies that have kind of come out of nowhere, but they haven't been bad. They haven't won with bad goalies. They're goalies that have gotten good. Why wouldn't you get the guy who's consistently good? Minus yeah. one bad year where who knows what was the problem there. You got two Vesna caliber seasons sandwiching one bad year. I, would you think the Flames would be in a position to take some of his contract for the next two seasons? If you sign Hannafin, then you've got your three retained salary slots, right? That's what it comes down to for me. And But he's on a very, I think $6 million is a great price mm-hmm. for, for, for a, a, a talent like Markstrom too. He's not overpaid for what he's doing even if even with and i hate going back to the last season at six million dollars yeah he's still kind of right on par because you know what he's what he's all about i think the problem becomes as much as he's worth five or six million dollars 
can a team that's contending actually fit that in? Probably not. So that's where you have to start retaining. And and, and that's where you can extract more um, picks or prospects from a team if you're willing to eat maybe $3 million for the next two seasons if you're the Calgary Flames. Or you get another team involved in a three-team deal, which we've seen a lot in the NHL. But I think that just gives the Flames more flexibility, especially if you're signing Hannafin where you don't have to retain some of his money. Exactly. So you've got your three retention spots if you keep Hannafin. Even if you decide to trade Hannafin, if this falls apart again, uh, (laughs) then you could retain on your three UFAs this year, Tanev, Lindholm, and Hannafin. You hold on to Markstrom. And then when all three of those contracts are off the books July 1st, then you start calling teams and you say, okay, now we've got three retention spots again. We're ready to retain. And like I said, your team just crapped out in the first round because you couldn't get a save. Oh, by the way, the price has gone up from last year. I know that there's a half year less that you're getting here, but now we're in the position of power like we were before. And we're going to flex that. Uh, I want to ask you, is it overrated or underrated if the Flames do squeeze into the playoffs and try to get there? based on that experience that guys like Zeri and Pospisil and you hope Peltier will have playing in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Is that too overrated when we talk about the NHL or we don't talk about it enough? I think it's overrated. Honestly, I think now okay. it is. Before the 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 playoffs too in the 90s and early 2000s, I mean, you it was a totally different league. And even now, NHL is the only professional league where the league just completely switches, right? Like the, the 82 games regular season, you know, every hangnail is called and somebody gets, uh, you know, hurt feelings and they go, go off to the penalty box for two minutes. Playoffs, that that completely changes. But the game has changed so much in terms of skill and speed that you're not seeing the guys get beaten up nearly nearly as bad physically. I mean, it's a grind. Don't get me wrong. Four rounds, 28 possible games like that. That is a grind in and of itself. But, you know, the, the crowds get larger. But today's player is kind of they're more adapted to to a lot of things like that too. Mm-hmm. I I don't see that getting into the first round. Yeah, cool. He's got playoff experience. Yeah, that's great. Two or three games, but if you get bounced, you know, I, I honestly think it's overrated. Personally, I think it's one hundred percent overrated. If you're going to play one round, yeah. If you go on a if you go on a run and you get to the conference final, or that's invaluable experience. But dipping your toe into the pool for the first round, I don't know. I, I wanted to ask you guys this question too because I was I was thinking about this walking into work. Is there a scenario where the Flames trade? Tanev and Lindholm because they have to essentially because it's asset management. Is there a scenario where they're close to a playoff spot? They make those deals, but also Conroy adds to the team and trades picks or assets to get this team into the playoffs. You think there's a scenario where we could see that at the deadline? Anything's possible. That's a weak answer. Yeah, it could happen, but I think the likelihood of that is pretty much Pretty much 0%. I you, don't think that that's going to be coming back. Like, you have to find unique situations of guys who need to change a scenery because I like don't... Like a heronic situation with Vancouver. Yeah, because, well, and even heronic's a little bit older than I think what the Flames would be looking for. I was thinking more like Yegor, like 25, 26, sure. that type of thing. Because I don't know. Like because they, they're probably thinking more like two, three years from now. Sure. What are we going to be able to do with this group? So I could see it. But I just think they're going to have so many balls in the air as well that it's going to already be such a such a juggling act trying to deal with these three guys. And if Markstrom becomes involved and maybe even the RFAs, Razichka and Dubé get involved, maybe guys with term get involved. Maybe someone wants to come and get Andrew Bonjapani seeing the recent run that he's on, right? So Blake th- Coleman? Uh, I, I, I get harder with term. Blake Coleman. He's got too much term on there. But yeah. he's having a great year, and we love him so. But that's that's kind of where I'm at with that. I just think it... Maybe in the offseason at the draft, like they try and do something like they did with Tyler Toffoli at that time. But I, I would be surprised if they kind of brought by guys back that weren't essentially like 
veterans yeah. to make money work on expiring deals or something like that. Agreed. No, that's uh, very well put, Matt. Thank you, Brent. Yeah. Yeah. I know the uh, the Flames have uh, the Kings have four games in hand on the Flames, but they've been floundering lately. Mm-hmm. Flames are only three points back of the Kings. I know, isn't that crazy? Yep. Yeah, and that's a team in LA. We're like, oh, look at LA. They're gonna. They, we were talking about them earlier in the season. Another they, team with no goalies. Yeah, that's a team with no goalies. Vancouver continues to be number one, which is shocking with sixty-one points. But the Oilers are red hot. We all anticipate yeah. the Oilers to make the playoffs. Yep. But you just look around. Like, do the Kraken scare you for the Flames? No. no. Do the Predators scare you for the Flames? No. Do the Blues scare you? No. Wild. The Coyotes? No. The Wild are riddled with injuries. Like, way back too, way back too, and it's like the Flames are right there in the mix here to be a playoff team. Well, and they're taking advantage of teams like even Vegas was shorthanded a little bit Saturday night too with injuries and stuff. And no, that's Michael, not, and, yeah. and that's not taken away from the game whatsoever. But these are they're they're winning the games now that they need to win, right? You know how how dire it was after a, Chicago, a week after losing right? to Chicago like, and Philly. Oh yeah. my God, Kirsty <laughs> Mom, this is a joke. Get yeah. him out of here, right? And now it's like, hey, you know, look at this, you know. And, and, Sounds and, like Eichel's going on IR too. Really? Yeah. So there is uh, hate opportunity. To be made. Yes, exactly. Mm. And w- when I watch this year's edition of the Flames compared to last year's, um, last year when they go down a goal, I feel like okay, game's over. Yeah. You had zero faith that they can actually come back and play. I feel like this team has a different vibe around them, and the way that Ryan Huska runs his bench and something that Maddie instantly picked up on early on in the season. It's just a different feel around this Calgary Flames team. I, I don't know. I might be way off, but I just feel like this team, if they played last year's team, would beat them For sure. quite handily. And obviously, Markstrom's a big part of that, and obviously so because he's goaltending is so vitally important in the National Hockey League. But just the way this team is playing and the way they take chances offensively and the way the blue line has chipped in offensively as well and the way three lines are working right now for the Flames. The fourth line's been an issue, but who cares? Those are good problems when your fourth line isn't great when you essentially have three second lines. Yeah. Well, and you just see the bench, too. You look at the bench, guys are talking, right? Mm. You you, When the camera pans or you're at a game and they're constantly... Chat last season, they get down. You can see the heads would start to hang, and guys would kind of shake their heads, examining their sticks. Yeah, right. Look, making sure their skate laces are tied. Yeah, and, and and you know the desire. I mean, you want to come back. You don't. You hate to lose, but sometimes you just uh, your your motivation, your will. You're you're a beaten dog sometimes, and and, <laughs> and 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 you know Huska has done a tremendous job of holding guys accountable. Mm-hmm. But you just you can just tell too by the body language, the guys they really really respect him. And that may not be that, that may not go for every player on the team because usually yep. there's one or two players that get screwed when a new coach comes in because it's just a different philosophy. Sure, but uh, but for the most part, you know, just he he asserted himself immediately too as a head coach. Where a lot of guys that are assistants for a long time, they get an opportunity. They're already friends with the guys. Like I don't know if Huska was friends with them, but he'd been with you know the Andersons and you know the younger guys coming up through the system mm-hmm. where he knew him. And it's and it's a it's a fine line to go from assistant coach to head coach and. I just when he benched Hubert O for that third period, I think that kind of got everybody's attention too of him just saying, "Hey, you know what? I I am the head coach, right?" And I actually thought against Vegas, he had the leash pretty long. Like he that did. fourth line, they had a rough night. I thought they were going to get sat down early on in the third. Eventually, the first goal for Vegas gets scored against them. Yep. They don't see the ice for the rest of the game. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's a two-goal lead, and they didn't see the ice for the rest of the contest, well, the entire I, fourth line. Like, why wouldn't you want to see Milan Lucic on with a minute and a half left <laughs> out on goal? Um, well, I wanted to ask you, <laughs> you, you, you definitely said something that, that just popped into my head. 
Um, we've talked about Noah Hannafin's improved play. Jacob Marstrom, obviously. Even Jonathan Huberto, New Year's resolution Huberto, yep. has played a lot better. Are we talking enough about Rasmus Anderson this season? Because you just mentioned his name. I know. And he's been really flipping good yes, for has. this team. And I don't know if it's really under the radar, but we're not talking enough about his play. No, not at all, because we take it for granted, right? It's not a surprise to, I think, a lot of people, right? Whereas, you know, Coleman coming in, that's blown the doors off of everybody sure. the way he's playing. Huberto's had his struggles, so every time that he's doing something good, you're supporting him. Markstrom had an offseason last year. This year, he's right back on. Anderson's just been consistent. Right, and it's like everything that he does, we we take for granted his offensive capability, him being able to get back into his end, getting in lanes, first passes, his his creativity offensively, his, his shot, everything that we're just like, oh yeah, that's that's Rasmus Anderson, oh yeah, and his intensity too, like the guy, you see him punch the bench on Saturday night too, where yes. he, yeah, he just hammering the bench, and you're like. I like to see a little passion, a little emotion like that. That's a player that, that needs to play that way. Well, we saw the hit in Columbus, right? Yeah, right? Really dirty play, yes. but doesn't like to lose. Does not like to lose. And, and we, I mean, I know I do when I'm watching. I'm like, I, I don't even pay attention to him out there because I'm like, this guy is just going to go out and play like he does every night. He's one of those guys that, you know, he's averaging 24.09 in ice time. That's top 20-ish. He's got, what, 31 points. It's top 25. Right, he's right around that number one defenseman for any team in the NHL. He's not Quinn Hughes with fifty points this year, so he doesn't get the accolades like that. But when you're talking about the Calgary Flames and the guys who make that blue line tick, you know Chris Tanev is kind of that defensive backbone. Yeah. But as far as chipping in offensively, Rasmus Anderson is the most consistent guy in my mind. It's the reason he's power play number one yep. over Noah Hannafin. Like I, I love what Noah Hannafin can do, but I do think that there's just certain things that Rasmus sees that are a little bit different than Hannafin. The The tools are both there, a little bit different, without without a doubt. Hannafin's got the boots, but he's just one of those guys that goes about his business, keeps it quiet. You know, he's going to mix it up a little bit, but he's probably not going to scrap you, which I know pisses off a lot of other fan bases, but that's just the way he operates. If there's And there's one thing, he has that innate ability of knowing when to pinch. Yes. yes. Like, again, that's something that either you have it or you don't. Yep. You're born with it. And he seems to know when there's the exact right time for him to chip in off it. That one goal a few games ago where he's on the goal line <laughs> and he just picked up the rebound and popped <laughs> yeah. it in. It's like, how did he know? Yeah, like, how did he know to get there in time? It's just he had a sense <laughs> yeah, that know. this was the time I to know. pinch. I uh, wanted to share this quick story with you guys before I let you go, Croner. Uh, you got to go to work. Because yeah. you're a working man. Exactly. You got to work for the man. Um, I was listening to uh, an old colleague of mine. He has a, a show on Sirius XM. And uh, he had somebody on from the NHL network. And they were talking about the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah. He's like, uh, and he asked him, you know, who should the Jets go after and target? And he goes, you know be a perfect fit for the Jets? Rasmus Anderson. I almost drove off the road. <laughs> I go, what are you talking about? The Flames are not trading Rasmus Anderson to the Winnipeg Jets. No kidding. Yeah, great dream though. Yeah. Excuse yeah. me. Of course, yeah. it'd be it's great. like what? Yeah. Okay, if he would have said Tanev because he's a Rubian, like Rasmus Anderson but that, to the Jets. Well, the Jets blue line for is... Kyle Connor. Okay, done. <laughs> yeah. Let's do it. No problem. Okay. <laughs> well, and that Jets blue line is just recovering from losing Truba and Bufflin, and I think there was another big Myers too, right? Like yep. that blue line. Blue was, line's the, rolling right now. Yeah, the, the pairing so... of Sandberg and Schmidt. It's Ooh. crazy, right? Um, and then to add Rasmus Anderson on the back end. You you want a super hot take right now? I'd love to hear that it. That you guys can play this back. Right now in the National Hockey League on December 15th, uh, January 5th, December. January 15th, 2024. 
The Canucks are number one in the NHL with 61 points, and the Jets have 60 points number two. And neither team will get past the second round of the Stanley <laughs> oh, Cup playoffs. Oh, boy. Whoa. White, whiteboard it. No chance. Yeah, I'm, I'm remembering that. that. N- none of, both of those teams will not make it to their conference final. I guarantee it. Okay, well, you're wrong. You think so? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, there's uh, GVP both right be in on the, the conference board. final. <laughs> yeah. Maybe a Jets Canucks Western Conference yeah, I, final. Hey, be Let's good. go. That'd be good. <laughs> yeah. the Oilers, Canadian team. Who'd the Oilers lose to? And when do they lose? First round. Well, Oilers get to the Pacific. They're gonna they're gonna fight. If with the Vegas, Oilers played right, either of those right. teams in the playoffs, I would take the Oilers to beat both of them. Would you? Hey, yeah. uh, um, I did want to ask you one thing mm-hmm. because over the weekend, Vince Dunn got in a fight with Cole Sillinger, which prompted uh, a Cole uh, a Vince Dunn video from his college days to go live, or when he was in the AHL. Yeah. Um, he scrapped Curtis Gabriel in a hallway. <laughs> this is uh, Allstate Arena in Chicago. Oh yeah. Now this video is very old, obviously, yeah. because Dunn was playing in the AHL. Yeah, sure. What can you tell us about Allstate? arena and walking to the ice it is awesome you because both teams it's almost like soccer when you go watch it you yep. know, on tv that you see watch them line up and they're holding hands with the young kids yep. you know and it's all nice and polite and this american league rink which is beautiful by the way it's sixteen thousand seat arena in right chicago the, yeah in chicago right by the o'hare airport they have fireworks that's why wwe the, goes there and they don't go to united centers because it's a quick out to the airport yeah and nice. it's, it, it's an awesome facility right yeah. but both teams come out through the same tunnel and there's nothing that's dividing them and the amount of <laughs> chirps and really? ripping guys apart, and I was—I've been present where <laughs> guys have crossed the paths and, and shot <laughs> stuff at each other, and you know, it just hey, some of the best chirps on the planet have I've been sitting there getting ready for a game outside the dressing room, getting into the zone, and both teams are just kind of standing there, and shots are just fired, screw you, blah blah blah, blah the whole time. <laughs> Referees are skating around on the ice; they got to come back in there, but you gotta you gotta go all in because there's no. They think that because there's no rubber in between the the, the two wa- runways that they won't skate, that, that they won't step cross, on it because it's cement. Pa- yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, <And laughs> this will stop them. <laughs> this will stop them. And this is where the zamboni comes out too, right? Like it's just, it's insane. <laughs> and if you want to just, you know, get, you got to have a thick skin first of all. So that you don't have a choice, but you got to have a pretty thick skin sitting there because just the amount of abuse. Plus, it's open. So the fans can hang over oh my God. and grab you too. Like it is just, it is quite an experience as a player when that building's got, you know, because when I was in the American League, the Blackhawks were not that great yet, right? And so Saturday nights, you'd, st- you'd get like 15,000, 16,000 people when oh I was God. playing for the Wolves. Well, the rivalry right? between the Wolves and Blackhawks, like in house, oh, yeah. that the Wolves were pulling more because their t- like they were on TV more than the Blackhawks yes. at a time. Yep. Like, yeah. yeah. The Wolves had like like TV trucks coming down to yep. American League, small American League cities. <laughs> That's why they're never affiliated. And it was it, it, Saturday nights, we'd play Rockford or we'd play Milwaukee. It was jammed. There'd be 16,000, 17,000 people oh, yeah. in the building. Uh, that is the voice of Big Show Flames analyst, the Cobra, awesome. Mr. Uh, Brian Cron, courtesy of All Kind Door Services Limited, your one-stop shop when it comes to fixing doors at your building, your office, or your home. Anything that swings, slides, or rolls, call All Kind Door Services for all your door repair needs. What's your Twitter handle? Because you retweeted the video. Oh, at B at B Cron three Cron. Nailed good that, yeah. bud. Great <laughs> job. It's a very good Twitter handle. B-Cron, 3-Cron. Were you drinking when you made that handle? Honestly, you know what? I knew I was going to get myself into media one day, and I'm like, you know, I better take this name before it's gone. And then I forgot about it, and then I got it fired up again. I don't know. I don't know. 2018? 2017? Mm-hmm. Okay. A lot, of, a lot of fire on that. All right. <laughs> Um, page. <laughs> we'll see you uh, Wednesday. Wednesday morning. Yeah, Wednesday morning. Sounds good. There he is, Brent Cross. Stay Charles warm Davis out there. next. <laughs> NFL on CBS. Big Show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, The Fan.